0: Hey, I'm Jody, event manager, business owner, educator, and podcast host. I'm an introverted homebody, wannabe wine master, and I truly believe in the power of events to inspire, delight, and ignite human potential. Every week, I take you backstage into the wonderful world of business events and give you the insider scoop on how to take your events to the next level. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional custodians of the lands where we live, learn, and listen. Let's get into it. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Events Insider podcast. Now, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll know that we had a few weeks break because... Recording a podcast is a lot of work and so we do need a break every so often, but also we've had a lot of big events on recently. Um, September, October is definitely a busy time for us, so we took a few weeks break to focus on our clients' events. And actually next week's episode of the podcast is going to be breaking down one of those events. So I'm going to take you behind the scenes, what went into that event, what worked, what my learnings were, and all of that good stuff. So I'm excited to share that with you next week. But today I have a special guest for you, and I feel like my guest today is really the perfect person to have on this podcast because she is a superstar admin professional who runs lots of events, which is what this podcast is all about. It's about equipping you to run events in your role in admin so i'm excited to introduce you to adrian donnelly who is a virtual personal assistant running her own business organized by adrian which she started about seven years ago now and she works with various businesses providing all kinds of admin support including event planning and management now if you are also a va or you're thinking about becoming one then adrian also runs the newcastle virtual assistant community which is a group of over 200 local virtual assistants and I've put all the links for you to connect with Adrian in the show notes below. But today we chat all about how she navigates running events, what the challenges are, her tips for working with multiple stakeholders and large committees which can be a challenge, what software she uses and so much more. So please enjoy my chat with Adrian. Well Adrian, welcome to the Events Insider podcast. Thank you for having me Jody. It's so good to have you. Can you share a little about your career journey for anyone that doesn't know you?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I currently run two businesses. My primary primary business is organized by Adrian. So I have a team of virtual assistants and we offer a wide variety of business support and event management services to clients, primarily throughout New South Wales, Australia. Um, I've had that business for seven years um, in, in November 2023. My second business is I co-founded the Newcastle Virtual Assistance Community four years ago with my business partner, Jane. So we're a member-based organisation. We have over 200, 215 virtual assistant members throughout the Newcastle region. So we have a co-working space. We do regular events for them, both professional and personal development. Um, And we also offer matchmaking service to local businesses who are looking for a virtual assistant in their business, but I'm not sure where to start. Um, And then we do a little bit of sort of advocacy and speaking work at industry events to sort of raise the profile of virtual assistants within Australia.
0: I love that. And what was your background before you went into business for yourself?
1: Yeah. So my background was all office management, operations management. So straight out of school, I went straight into the workforce. I had no desire to studying at university or any sort of thing like that. I was like, I just saw those corporate women. I was like, yes, that is me. Give me that life. Like a very, I don't know what it was, but I very much sort of aspired to that life. So I worked in you know worked my way up from sort of the office junior, the male girl it used to be called back then, reception, and then into sort of office management and operations management. So really so many transferable skills, all those things that I offered to the staff within a business who, in my role as sort of office manager or operations manager, were my customers. Um, and now the the same services that I offer to small business, medium-sized business owners in terms of that business support, admin support, marketing support, event support.
0: Yeah. And so one of the services you do offer is events. So Mm. is that something that you did before and so it was a natural fit or is that something you sort of picked up when working for yourself out of I guess what people were asking for?
1: Yeah, so my roles when I was in internal corporate roles, the the sort of reception or the office admin or the office manager always looked after Christmas parties, the staff conferences, the team days, you know, the breakfasts and the morning, birthday morning teas and the fundraisers. So it was always just part of it. I also um, am from a big family. I'm one of five between my four other siblings and have 12 nieces and nephews. So I would like be the unofficial event organizer for the Donnelly family, which I love. My mom is great at events as well as my sisters. Um, So it's just something that I think I've always just been around, but it's definitely, it's always sort of was just another part of my role in my other previous employment, but it definitely has ramped up now in terms of my business. So just in a few weeks, October is my biggest event month. I do two big business events that are, you know, between three and 500 people um, that's sort of the the biggest end of the events that I do in terms of the volume, um, and they are business events, so business awards or business festivals. Um, so that's definitely a big chunk of my business now, in Organised by Adrian, but also through the Newcastle VA community. We do events for our members every month and a big professional development conference for them every year. So it's it's definitely a, a larger part of my business and my role now.
0: Yeah, and I think it is such a natural fit because so many companies, you know, wouldn't necessarily have someone internally. And as you say, it does always fall to the admin professional, which is why we exist, um, to help (laughs) upskill people. But yeah, I guess if you don't have someone internally and you do have a VA, then that's a natural fit. And so event management services, I think, are going to be on the rise for VAs, which is why it's so good to have this chat with you today. So yeah. you mentioned that you do some larger events for kind of three to mm-hmm. 500. What are some of the other types of events? Is I'm assuming it's all like business events. I'm assuming you don't delve into like personal <laughs> private events. I
1: have. I, okay. have, I yeah. have. I've done um, one wedding. So I always wanted to be a wedding planner when I grew up, you know, if there's ever I won't tell you all the security answers, but if there's ever those, you know, security questions, one of mine is always, what did you want to be when you grow up? Um, but I sort of got talked out of it by someone close to me that like, you're not going to lie, that. I think I had that kind of j lo F, you know, I joke, like, just give me a headset and a clipboard and I'm ready to go. Um, so I've done one wedding. I've unfortunately had to uh, do a funeral for a client's Family member who I do a lot of um, personal but also life admin for her. So the events really vary. They could be coffee, catch up for like our Newcastle VA members. They could be a huge business awards with, you know, multiple categories and sponsors and various stakeholders and partners. Um, They could be online workshops for clients who want to do a workshop in a certain sort of their sort of expert um, area. It really varies from really small to quite large scale and a mix of hybrid virtual. and Yeah,
0: yeah. And I guess you've got such a wide range then of experience. What do you think makes a successful event?
1: Oh, this is a good question. I think for me, because I work, a lot of the events that I work on are run, are organised by a group. So for me, it's really just working out how that group, whether there's three or 33 people on that organizing committee, how that group is going to work, what tools they're going to use, what communication channels, what the different individuals in that group, where their sweet spot is, and what are the stuff that is just, their brain doesn't work that way. Like, you know, what they're good at, what they would prefer not to do so that everyone's in a sweet spot in their zone of genius and then there we've got really good tools in terms of programs software to communicate I think if you can get that established quite quickly especially the bigger the organizing committee the better and I think someone who is a natural reader because I think sometimes also when you've got whether it's a volunteer or a committee or a, a volunteer group um you really do need to establish who is the sort of final decision maker and everybody know who that is because you either get too many people thinking they're sort of an end point for decision making and then you get some sort of clashes there or you've got a lot of people who just want to do their bit but are not naturally a leader so you're kind of going anywhere very far. So I think just establishing some of those foundations at the start can then really set the event coordinator or manager um, whatever that role that I'm playing is up for success because you've got everyone sort of from the same felt book, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think um, dealing with a committee of people planning an event is honestly one of the most challenging things. I mean, I yeah. deal with both. Sometimes it's kind of one key person mm-hmm. um, is my client and sometimes it's a committee, particularly around the not-for-profit sector and those sorts of things. Yes. And, yeah, yeah it can be really challenging because mm. you've got a lot of different personalities and a lot of different ideas. And yeah. I think one of the things when it comes to events is, kind of having really clear direction and focus is going to make a successful event. And so when you're dealing with so many different people who all have their own agenda, it Mm. can be really challenging. So if you deal with a lot of committees, then you're obviously super experienced and can probably manage anything that is challenging. Well, I think that
1: big family helped me with that because like you said, everyone has different priorities. They want different things out of, you know, business awards or dinner whatever it is everyone wants different things out of it they need different things they have different availability different you know how they want to feel after them, and what a successful event looks like for them for some people it's a budget some people it's ticket sales some people it's um, the conversation and action that happens afterwards some people it's a feedback form so really just working out what how everyone likes to communicate what success looks like and I think with organizing committees too a lot of them are volunteers you know sometimes they've been put on an organizing committee as part of their normal day job their normal nine-to-five job and they somehow now have to fit in being an active member of an events committee into that role so really being respectful of people's time not just meeting for the sake of it having very clear and this is something I've learned a lot in the last 12 months under the chair of a, an event that I've worked on about really running very effective event meetings, making sure everyone's heard but not going off on tangents, encouraging people to, you know, cliche, take that offline and talk about that just with that one other committee member that that's really important too, but knowing many other people don't need to sit here and talk about that sort of thing and knowing when to sort of steer and lead those committees in the way to get the best outcome for everyone and being mindful of everybody's time.
0: Oh, you are speaking my language. I love that. Um, I wanted to know, I mean, you've got so much experience running events. Is there anything that I guess you would call like signature Adrian that you have at all of your events or something Ooh. you do with all of your events? Something that you're like, you always go back to, it always works mm. and you think it's like your
1: thing? Yeah, that's a great question. I think definitely for Our Newcastle VA business, there's always, for that, there always has to be gifts.
0: I love that. That's
1: just mine and Jane's thing. It's like our love language for our members. We try to keep um, the cost of the tickets low so that we can make them as accessible to everybody. But obviously we pay our speakers and venues and all that so to cover our costs. Also to um, make sure that everyone walks away with a really lovely gift. So that could be um, for International Virtual Assistance Day, everyone had a plant. This year we've had candles, we've had photo frames, we've had all variety of things that something that's you know, that they can take away and really remember. That. Obviously it's great branding. We've got that recognition in their office space or their workspace, but it's also just that little personal touch. For business events that I run to organise by Adrian, I'm a big Trello fan. If I can get any organising committee onto Trello, That is always my preference because I just find it works really well um, in terms of keeping that. It means less meetings, less of their time. We all know where we're at. Everyone's really clear on what they need to do. Um, And I'm also a really big um, one for feedback at as many events as I can possibly do. We're we're, um, appropriate and sustainable. I try to allocate time in the program for people to fill in some sort of feedback. whether that's online or paper if you know if we have to to really capture that feedback right then and there in the moment and that in my experience year on year really helps me shape how the events run in the future because I'm mindful that you know I might think oh this is really cool and this is great and it just bombs like no one gets it no one sees it or other things that people might want that you know I'm not the event's ideal audience member I might be the organizer but I'm not the person buying the ticket. so by having their insight and really actually interrogating that information and making sure we use that either me as an individual or as an organizing committee to shape our events in the future and taking that really seriously the good bad and the ugly they are things that are imperative and for especially for those annual type events or quarterly or, you know, biannually events that we roll out on a regular sort of schedule.
0: Yeah, I think one of the benefits of kind of holding the same event multiple times is that you can continue to get better, which is so great. I wanted to pick up on you mentioned Trello. Mm-hmm. So is that your... Um, platform of choice for events specifically or all of your work? Because one of the things that I get asked all the time is about mm. software and people sort of assume there's some secret you know, event planning software that everyone uses, which I mean, look, there is some yeah. out there, but I think we all just kind of use project management software. So is Trello your go to? Trello go-to? is
1: my go to, and I agree. There's very obviously very niche and event specific software, but not every organizing committee, not every organization, not every community, especially you mentioned before in that not for profit space, not everyone has the budgets for big software like that. So if they're already using a software, my first question would be. What are they already using? If they ask me and they say, just Adrian, you pick, I will always say Trello. There's something about how Trello presents that my brain just gets it logically, like put me in front of a sauna and I am a fish out of water. But Trello...
0: I am the other way around. I can't do Trello, but Asana is. Yeah, so
1: it's funny, isn't it? Because I've got clients that just if it's not in Asana, it doesn't happen. And I've really had to learn and spend, you know, hours YouTubing and and in their learning center learning it. It's just something about it. My head, my brain just doesn't logically go with it, but it does with hello. So I would normally for any organization work out what they've already got and see if it can work for this. So something super customizable like monday.com trello asana click up those sorts of things if they are already paying a subscription let's just keep using that let's not try to add something else and over-engineer their business they use what they've got and my normal go-to is a mix of trello slack and then regular meetings but i find having trello and slack you know trello to really manage our tasks Slack for that kind of incidental communications means probably less meetings um, because we have a kind of more regular flow, we're not just waiting for a, a you know, weekly, a fortnightly or a monthly meeting. Um, and then it just means we've kind of got those live minutes and actions in Trello. ever. It's very clear on who's doing what. Yeah, Trello in both the event and the sort of general business admin support, Trello is my go-to.
0: I love that. And you mentioned Slack as well, which is a good one. Although sometimes I don't like to let my clients uh, have that kind of access.
1: Well, yes, there's some boundaries. I think with any of those things where they're on your phone, they're pinging at all times. Like I'm a real early bird. So for example, today, like I was four in front of the computer by like 4.30 working. But you know, you can schedule notifications, those sorts of things. But I have other clients who, you know, really their productivity comes alive at night. And so what's about me having boundaries in terms of my notification and do not disturb settings, because everyone has different times that they're productive and can really get, you know, smashed through the work. I think it's, yeah, then we've got to be a bit firm with our boundaries, especially around notifications and things like that to make sure. And those those apps are so good. You know, you can schedule your notifications within certain hours and customise all of that. So clients can be sort of getting all of that in- good information out of their brain and over to us and it just be ready when we turn our notifications back on at whatever time that might yeah.
0: be. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So can you tell us about a recent event that you planned that you think was successful and I guess dive into what you think made it so yeah, great? Yeah,
1: for sure. So we've just come off the back of our annual um, conference for the virtual assistant community here. And something that you mentioned before, Jody is like that, um doing events, you know, on a regular schedule and those repeat events make it easier in a way. But there's also something that we definitely noticed this year. So last year was the first time. It was a totally new concept for our um, region, for our company. Um, so there's almost like people don't know what to expect. So most things they'd be quite happy with because there's, you know, it's not a proven concept. Second year, however, you know, we, we I believe, last year did quite a good job at delivering a good conference for our, you know, 50-odd virtual assistants at came So then this year it's almost like there's, there's elements of it that are easy because the sponsorship proposal and prospectus, done. Run sheets, done. You know, all those speaker um, comms, all of those things, um, easy. Trello board, made a copy, update. Uh, there's a benchmark now. So it's like you have to hop the ante, right? Everything from the speakers to the styling to, you know, thinking about price point and that customer experience when they're in the room and what that looks like going, okay, well, 50% of these people came last year, but 50% didn't. So what are things that we can do again? What are things that we can't? So I think those are the sorts of things that there's parts of running those events on a regular basis that make it easier because you've got some of those foundations, templates, those sorts of things, budgets, all of that. But then there is the whole actual customer experience that happens that you want to try to elevate, especially if you've got repeat estimates. Um, But yeah, this, this event is obviously very important to us because it's for our industry and it's something that we care a lot about is the virtual assistant community in Australia. Um, Jane and I, who run the business, we're totally different. Jane is very creative. You know, if it was up for me, the room would be like the notepads and the pens that the venue provided. The room looked like this gorgeous, like there were flowers everywhere and there were these with like flowers on them and this beautiful stage set up but you, with, so that's where jane is you know amazing so utilizing her expertise mine is probably more the making sponsors and speakers and run sheets and things like that so by going okay what what are both our strength areas again going back to those 40-odd feedback forms from last year. We must have read them 20 times. You know, what was the feedback? What do people want more of? What do people want less of? And the feedback was, you know, from the guests that came this year, we thought last year was good, but this year was even better. So it's always harder. Someone said to me, I can't remember the exact, it's always harder to make the movie when you know there's going to be a sequel. And she, as she was leaving, she said the sequel was great. And I was like, yeah, that's that. <laughs> like, you know, you know that we've, it's consistent, but it's also elevated again. And the same as the business awards, I do the business conferences and festivals. It's every year, I guess, trying to do something that makes it a little bit different, whether it's, you know, a different level of speaker, more activations, a conference app, you know, a different venue, Um, an event that we've got this year, we've got like a circular economy coffee cup provider coming in. So showing that, you know, those 500 people are not going to be having two disposable coffee cups every day. We've got a ceramic coffee cup provider that washes them there on site so that we, you know, that's really sustainable. Things like that is just trying to think each year how we make it a little bit better or not even better, but just a bit different. So it doesn't feel like, oh yeah, same old, same old. This could have been the 2020 version of this event, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I love that. Honestly, I think we do want to continue to get better, but I don't think we need to get too overwhelmed at always one upping ourselves, yeah. you know? Like it's like you said, it's just about doing something a little bit different. Yeah. And honestly, it can be one percent one percent different, one percent better. Yeah. So that it's a different experience for anyone who is a repeat Definitely. guest. There was a couple of things that you said that I loved. One was acknowledging the different skill sets between you and Jane and absolutely letting the person Run with their skill set because I think with events, anyone who does events is an absolute wizard, absolute magician. You have to wear all of these different yes. hats, but I think it's okay to acknowledge, Hey, this area isn't my skill set, so is there someone that I can outsource that part to? And I'm going to manage all these other parts that sit within my zone of genius, which is yes. awesome. Um, and the other thing that you talked about was really planning from the guests and really thinking about your guests and going, what did they enjoy last mm-hmm. year? Who's coming back and what would they want? Who's new? And so what can we do new, you know, really planning from a place of thinking about who's coming in the room and planning the event for them, which is just so crucial. So I love that. So Thank well done. You. Now for anyone who finds all of this really overwhelming mm-hmm. and stressful, mm-hmm. which I totally get, I guess, what would your advice to them? Yeah,
1: definitely. So I think um, I've had a few VAs that have said to me, look, I'd like to get more into the event space, Um, but exactly like, how do I start? So for me, my first option for them is always find event volunteering. So a lot of community run events, like this big festival that we do in um, late October of 2023, it is, there's 40 odd volunteers along they get a ticket to the event but they are learning how the event works so those sorts of opportunities or I you know if I can in my business give them opportunities to come and shadow for me a day obviously as a paid subcontractor but come and shadow for me for the day so they can at least see I guess what happens on the day and then if possible find opportunities where you can get involved in the planning all the way up until seeing it come to life so you can start to go oh, okay, I see why, you know, to your point before about knowing your guests, why we ask in the ticket checkout, have you been to this event before or with our VAs? When did you start your business? So we have that data to go, okay, so these, our speakers need to talk about these sorts of things because this is who our audience is. Or I can say to, you know, the sponsors of this event, 200% uh, return customers or, you know, something, you know, those sorts of things. So then Someone who's starting to work in events can start to see. oh, I see why you built that question into the checkout form and why you're asking do they need any accessibility requirements. Because that might mean we need to hire a translator or make sure that the event that we choose, the venue that we choose, can loop in with their hearing aid system. Like they can start to see a bigger picture, not just standing at the front desk, scanning QR codes and giving people a lanyard. Like all those tiny little details that go all the way through to making sure that all your stakeholders, your guests, your sponsors, your you know, all the speakers, all those different people get out of it, what they're looking to get out of the event. So that would be my advice, find volunteering opportunities, or I guess, yeah, be willing to come in at that kind of sport or event assistant level in a paid capacity wherever possible because I believe, you know, that they should be paid for their work if they are you know, really working on the day and start to get a bit of a test without, I guess, all the responsibility that comes with being the event coordinator or the event manager. They can see all of that without having to be, you know, entering to a board or all the various stakeholders. It's a great way. And like also for me, I try to go to as many events as I can um, not just there because I like the content, but I want to check out that venue, I want to see how that it works, That you know, that venue or I'm keen to see if that speaker would be suitable or just how different people run events and what works and what doesn't. I think I've learned the most about event management by going to other events and working out what I think works well and what doesn't and, and just what I like and what I think, you know, works.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think um, it's important to remember that, you know, the first time we do something, it's probably going to suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, know, you can't be expected to be amazing, you know, straight yeah. away. So I, I love what you're saying there about just getting out there and getting experience. And I do think that the overwhelm of event management does lessen the more that you have experience. Yeah. But I don't think it ever really no, goes No,
1: I remember when I first, started my business and I thought, you know, I'd love to do more in the event space, but I need to work out what that really looks like. I did some volunteering with the business chicks at their Nine to Thrive event in Sydney that they would do. It wasn't paid, but you got to go and experience the whole event. most incredible people that then turned into clients because they saw me in that event capacity, just met loads of other incredible humans like if you're willing to give up a bit of your time and and sort of roll up your sleeves there's loads of there's always events that are looking for volunteers especially ones like that or community events and it really is a great way to see everything that goes in a big event like that
0: Mm. so I guess for any VAs listening who want to get into event planning other than I guess volunteering where should they start do they just kind of start saying that they offer Uh, yeah uh,
1: It's a hard one because I think, you know, events is more of a specialist skill. There are some things that you can kind of learn on the job, but I wouldn't go, for example, I really want to start doing social media advertising and just say I would do it. I would go and learn, do some courses, do some research, do some education because it is more of like what I personally, this is just my opinion, would classify as a technical Skill and I think events are as well. You're managing stakeholders, you're managing budget, you're, you know, even just things down like WHS and insurance and things like that. If you're doing in-person events, there's a lot to think about. So I would go and look at, you know, courses that are available, organisations like your own that have great resources that you can sign up to, like podcast content. There's, you know, local community colleges or TAFE that run event planning courses there's loads of different things out there because you might go yeah that's actually not what I want to do or I want to do more personal events or I want to do more corporates or you know get into weddings or you know do big like retreats overseas they're the kind of events that I want to do but by I guess educating yourself on what it actually means to work in events um, that would definitely be what I would recommend and there's loads of great resources out there, downloads that you can find on, you know, different guides on what, you know, what good event looks like and those sorts of things. I would definitely recommend, yeah, doing your research and working out what that actually looks like and know what you're signing up for as a service before you start offering it.
0: Yeah, 100%. How do you manage the juggle? I mean, managing events... Multiple events is already a lot. But then you add in lots of different clients and lots of different other services that you offer yep. as well. How do you manage the juggle?
1: Sometimes not very well, I won't lie. I, won't say <laughs> I got up at four o'clock today. Because yeah, there are certain times in the year for my events calendar where it's busier than others. So like my two big events fall in October, our VA conference happens in September. So I just sort of know that they are um, but, you know, my easier sort of for me but also um utilizing specialists that you touched on before so a lot of events that I do it's everything from venues to catering to ticket pages but also email marketing and updating the website and social media marketing for the event I am not a copywriter I am a terrible terrible writer this is why I do guest podcasting and not guest blogging because it's easier for me to chat about it than to write about it. So I now have a really incredible copywriter in my business. So when I say to her, okay, for this event, it's, you know, tickets close in six weeks, we need to be doing an email campaign every single week. Here's access to all of our previous ones. Have a look at the website. She knows what the focus of each EDM will need to be. This one's going to be about speakers. This one's going to be about, you know, tickets, about, you know, the sponsors, et cetera. So I have those specialists in the team, and that's how I think I can now manage and have been able to grow that part of my business because I can't outsource the stakeholder management. I can't say to, you know, a huge energy, national energy provider that might be, a or, you know, the ATO, oh, can you just talk to someone else? It's like, no, no, that that wouldn't fly. Like, that's the corporate relationship that I need to, there's only so many things I can do, and those other things like, sitting and developing files in Canva or email marketing campaigns or running events guest reports and making, you know, and pulling out all the dietary requirements to get to the venue, those sorts of things. I can outsource that. So for me, the juggle is really about having that thought to be like, you cannot physically do it all yourself, Adrian. And there are some things that are just not your sweet spot. So outsourcing those. And then, you know, making sure I'm very clear on the bits that shouldn't, it's not appropriate for them to be outsourced and keeping those. And that normally is around the relationship and stakeholder management.
0: Yeah, so true. I love that. I think the more and more that we acknowledge we cannot do all of the things, the more that we you know, make sure that we've got the right support yeah. around yeah. us. It's just going to make the event better. It's going to make it less overwhelming yeah. and stressful yeah. for us. And
1: produce it Yeah, and well. I think it's also, you know, by growing the event side of my business, it has meant I've had to offboard some of my general VA retainer clients. That's been really hard because project, from a purely commercial point of view, events is a project income stream for me. And if anyone's ever heard me talk about VA and event life, it's lumpy. That's always how I explain it. It can be lumpy. VA retainer clients are solid. It's every month. It's the same amount. It's very regular income. That's what I live off. The projects and the events side of it can be really up and down. Like this time of the year when the events really busy, I'm like, yes, let's book a great holiday, let's go buy a new car, all of that. But January, February, March, there are no events, and it's crickets. And I'm just like, oh my god, I need to sell my car. I need to cancel that holiday, you know. So it's like by letting go of some of those retainer clients, that's a bit scary. So to be able to free up my time to be like, yes, I can be at that location for two days and run the event. I can't have those other retainer clients like those ones where I do a really traditional executive assistant or personal assistant because I'm in their inbox every day. I can't do those two things. So it was that decision to, yeah, grow my team and take on more team members, but also have to off-board some of those other clients where they the, my arrangement with them would not allow that event of the business to grow but the great thing about the va community is those clients are never you know left high and dry they've been paired with an incredible other virtual assistant who will be a, a fantastic resource for them so it's still a good outcome but it definitely means having to make some decisions i guess yeah you can't yeah, do it amazing. all <laughs>
0: We cannot, we cannot. Um, If you could sum up all your years of experience into one piece of advice to anyone who plans business events, what would it
1: be? I think it's really about, um, and we sort of touched on it there, is like managing the ups and downs. And if you are going to work in events and have some really big ticket events that are quite, you know, good for you commercially, you should make sure you know, they are spread out throughout the year, that you've got a good billing process in play with them so that you've got consistent income through your business and it's not all just, you know, all hits because obviously there's complications and all of that if everything sort of hits around the same time. But I would also, yeah, try to have some other clients that maybe are adjacent to the event space or, or you know, connect with them quite closely or those other organisations how well she might be able to support them. So you do have that steady income stream just to make it a little bit easier because this sort of work can be really up and down and really lumpy. And that can be hard to manage sometimes in terms of sort of cash flow and commercial side of your business. So just to keep that in mind and and be planning for those times where there aren't as many events. And I guess we all learned that the hard way over the last few years in you know, the COVID years where there weren't yeah, huge amounts of events. So we had to rely on, you know, virtual events or hybrid events or some other ways that we could support those businesses. Um we we look after in the event space through other services that are yeah adjacent or could run parallel to the event space.
0: Yeah. Love it. And if anyone wants to reach out to you or get support in the VA community, how can they find you? Yeah, so
1: they can find me just on my website, organized by um on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. Um, yeah, that's the best way. I'm always happy to chat if anyone is either needing support with events or also looking to get into events and trying
0: to navigate what that might look like. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks, Jodie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Events Insider podcast. If you loved it, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends, and I'll chat to you next week. Bye.